We're the talk of the Internet. The reason it's so popular because it makes the user feel so good. This is TalkZone.com. You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience. They pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. We had a very interesting guest. Geez, he was humble. It was kind of funny, too. It was Dr. Edgar Browning. We had him on Wednesday night. It was kind of interesting because um, on the show we said this very humble man. So after the show, like the next day, we emailed several times. And he said, by the way, why did you say humble? <laughs> and I was amused because he has no idea that he's humble. And, in fact... Generally speaking, that happens a lot when you get around somebody who is genuinely humble. They have no idea. and It isn't something they've worked towards. It's just somehow they're graced with it, you know, where some (laughs) of us other knotheads have to work through our ego so much. But he he wrote the very wonderful, very well-researched book, Stealing from Each Other, and uh, his name again is Dr. Dr. Edgar Browning, and the reason we wanted to bring this up again tonight is for this. You know, we're in the middle of this hot, debated political season where we have um, the liberal folks who, you know, truth is they're passionate, and the conservative folks, truth is they're passionate, so who's right? And, you know, it's a it's a really hotly contested, um, many angles are hotly contested, and one of the things is that the liberals believe that, you know, we're not taking good enough care of the, uh, those in need, that those that are in poverty and not taking care of and we're just not taking good enough care of it in our rich, rich society where, you know, some people have lots of money and other people don't have lots of money and that just shouldn't be. Well, aside from the fact that these people aren't even in, embracing the notion of karma, or the fact that these people aren't even embracing the notion that some of those people are working hard and some of them aren't. And, you know, both of those factors will will tie in. Uh, aside from all that, uh, the rest of the problem is that the facts aren't out there accurately. And one of the things Dr. Browning did was, in fact, he spent three years researching this book and uh again the name of the book is uh stealing from each other and uh keith walked around the house for a week and a half reading this book shaking his head and can you believe this and can you <laughs> believe that and uh giving me all kinds of these little statistics so um we thought we would share some more with you we couldn't possibly do it all with him wednesday night and uh let you decide you know if if um, the conservatives are being utterly on, non-compassionate when they're uh, not wanting to just take care of these poor people in poverty. And, you know, it's true. There are a small amount of people in our country in poverty. But let me tell you, 
based on this well-researched book, it is a, sm- a far smaller uh, percentage than you might have any idea of. It's really true. They say it's about uh, 10% of what the, the country is supporting. About 10, it's about one-tenth of, of who's really in poverty. So it's, it's somewhere around 1.2% of the population, and we're handing out to over 12% and more. You know, some of these stories uh, smack of many of the stories that finally surfaced out of New Orleans right after Katrina of all those poor people in poverty and what their lifestyles were really like, and it was pretty embarrassing. I mean, they're not living in poverty. They're living in laziness. You'll be amazed at hear some of these statistics. Um, Seven-eighths of the world makes less than half of what we do on the average in America. Which, of course, is different economies, right? Well, it means that they have that much less. Um, Seven-eighths don't have half of what we have. That's that's prosperity. Their prosperity is seven-eighths less than half of us. You know, the half mark of what, let's say we make an average of uh, um, 50000 a year. Uh, seven-eighths of the world doesn't make 25000 a year, right. if that were the level. So... Um, the world and the world uh, systems, UN and whatnot, they have a whole different definition of poverty than what United States does. Hmm. There, poverty is people are in dire need. Here, poverty covers a whole bunch of different things. Let me just read to you, um, officially defined as living in poverty. This is this is the studies of people who are defined as living in poverty, these are percentages. This is United States. 46% of those classified as living in poverty own their own homes. To me, that just ruins the whole idea. The average home owned by the poor is a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath home with a garage. Is that poverty? You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber. Be sure to check out our website, MasteringOurselves.com, where you will find our great new book and CDs uh, for sale. They are wonderful. We got a review in yesterday from a lady who reads lots of books and said, I've never read anything like Steps to Enlightenment, and it's really good. It makes a lot of sense. Check it out. Uh, we are your lifestyle, spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions, and we air Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. If you'd like to call in, the phone lines are open, 1-800-336-2225. We're working right now out of Dr. Edgar Browning's book, Stealing from Each Other, and hopefully giving you a new definition of uh what the statistics say we have poverty in this country. You know that review that you got on your book um, Steps to Enlightenment. today? Yeah. Every uh, two or three days we get one, and it sounds just about like that, and they're just coming in constant for about a month now since we opened this thing up. And so, you know, these are very effective tools on a new way of seeing things and a new way of dealing things. 
and they're very powerful. The book Steps to Enlightenment and the the C the three um, wisdom toning series, series CDs. Okay, we go on with the statistics here. The medium value of homes owned by the poor is 70% of everyone else's. You know, that's just not half bad at all. More than two-thirds of the poor occupy housing with more than two rooms per person. More than two-thirds of who is considered yeah, poor... Yeah, see, when, when you go into some of these other third-world countries... <laughs> Their idea of poverty is ten people living in one room. Boy, that's really true. You know, and no water, and yeah. uh, food's hard to get, and no jobs anywhere around. So, you know, <clears throat> here we are, woe is me, and our level of poverty is really not poverty at all. And then the liberals want everybody to make sure that these poor people are taken care of, but these poor people aren't doing anything to take care of themselves, and that's the bigger problem. So along with Medicaid and welfare and all kinds of things, there's 85 separate groups uh, from the government to give handouts to people. This is not necessarily hand-ups, it's handouts. And the difference, you know, of course, is this isn't people empowering these people to get on their feet. Nope. It's people that say, oh, here, we'll take care of you. And this staggers our economy. It does. And it takes the incentive out of those busting their hump, working extra hours. You know, they say that the uh, one-fifth, the 20% of the upper wealthiest people in the United States averagely work twice as many hours as the 20% lower. So, you know... The people who are busting their hump, now they have to give a huge percentage of what they're making to the people who don't want to bust their hump. That, that just doesn't add up. So that's going on in this country, and it's massive. Uh, it's estimated that it's $1 trillion handouts, and, you know, I, I would say maybe one-tenth of it is very valuable, very needed, very helpful for those who are truly in need. But then the other 90% is... Uh, giveaway which uh, really racks our economy. It's another thing that racks our economy. 70% of the poor have air conditioning. 30 years ago, only 30 36% of all Americans had air conditioning. <laughs> you know, what a bunch of softies. You know, I always tell Charmaine, she's just tired of it, but I say, you know, if, if the Islams are going way radically too um, uh, masculine, way off the charts there, we're going off balance feminine because we're we're cushied up everywhere and then we're handing these people that are making a reasonable living and aren't working near as much on the average as the higher brackets and we're just making life cush, calling them poverty. This, this is not right. Nearly three-fourths of the poor own a car or truck. That's not poor to me. 30% of the poor households... <laughs> own two or more vehicles. <laughs> this is in the United States. These people are getting from our tax dollars. They're getting paid for welfare and all kinds of uh, subsidies. 97% of the poor have colored televisions. 25% have large screen TVs. Mm. 
More than half of the poor you know, have clearly two or these, more TVs. Clearly a lot colored. of these people have have money coming under the table somewhere to be able to yep. afford this sort of stuff. Yep, there's a lot going on, obviously. And then um, 73% of the poor own their own microwave oven. You know, this is not poor. Now, what was that you just said? A lot of these people must have something coming in under the table to be able to afford. Yeah. So, you know, this man here, Edgar Browning, he's suggesting, I've heard it suggested numerous times, and he makes really good points about it. If we had 10% across the board, and, of course, you'd have something to help the poorest people, which, you know, we're helping the um, half the middle-range people here. So 10%, like we tithe 10%. That seems to work that way, and it's it's a relation to how much you're earning. It's not the ones who are earning more not only give 10%, but then they give a, a total of 35 40% of what they earn. You know, that just doesn't seem to be right. They earned it. They applied themselves. They went to school. They busted their hump. They were consistent year in, year out, year in, year out, and they put it together. So there should be an incentive for the human spirit to strive instead of, you know what, uh, we can sort of drop out and we can be carried uh, by everyone else. And, you know, that does no good for a person's inner karma, does no good for a person's inner morale. Inner self-worth. It does no good for your fellow man because you're taken from them. You know, the thing of it is, is you do pay this back later. <laughs> it's called karma. Yep. You do pay this back later. You're not getting away with anything when you're taking from society when you know better. Yeah, you know, this will come back with karma. <clears throat> you know, we were um, we were checking into some ground stuff the other day, and we obviously landed on a really bad place for it. And the they had the little video that came on that said, uh, "Come and get the grant money from the government that you deserve. They the government owe you. owes you." And every time I heard this, I uh, just my whole body reacted uh, horribly, and I finally clicked off the site and said, "I'm not interested." Yeah. You know, the government doesn't owe anybody. You know, we owe ourselves, is what it is. We owe ourselves. We owe ourselves to uh, find our way through our lessons and get ourselves uh, on stability. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts helping humanity wake up one show at a time. If you'd like to call in, give us a call, 1-800-336-2225. We'd love to hear from you. And welcome back. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves. Thank you very much for joining us. If you'd like to call in today, we're at one 800 336 2225, you can comment on what we're talking about, or you can get a brief healing reading on a current issue that's going on in your life. Keith did a uh, reading on a lady the other day who has been to many people, and uh, boy, she sure he sure got her on, and she says, I've been to many psychics, and you are more accurate than any of them. And uh, he was suggesting some strategies, and she said they will be challenging, but I can tell that they're right on. So if you're looking for that sort of read, you can also go to our website, MasteringOurselves.com, and check out Keith as a Healer. What else have you got, Keith, out of this book, Stealing from Each Other by Dr. Edgar K. Browning? Well, here's what Karl Marx says, or said. Income should be redistributed. 
And this means the poor don't have to worry or change or apply themselves extra or mature. They can just sort of hang around and, and kick along and get by. Once again, Karl Marx's income should be redistributed. So the workers, the ones who really apply themselves, the one who works harder hours, go to school, really goes after it, they get slighted, um, and what they get confiscated, the wealth that they earned, that gets confiscated to give to the unearned benefit to others. So they earn their wealth, and then they, it has to be taken over to those who uh, haven't earned their wealth, and this is an unfair distribution. And i got to say, we're not talking about those really in need, those who are sick, those who are too, or who, who are too old, those with you know little children left orphaned or with really defunct parents, uh, and you know jobs available. We're not talking about that. That should be uh, you know supplied for. We're talking about the folks that just don't want to work. The people that have big screen TVs in their two in their three bedroom houses that need food stamps because they just don't want to get out and do something productive. These these are um, dysfunctional lifestyles largely, <clears throat> and they say that dysfunctional lifestyles is one of the main reasons for uh, those who are in the lower income bracket. And um, on the lower side of the income, the more you work and apply yourself, a lot of times the more you're taxed. So lower incomes with the subsidies you get by, so what's the incentive to work harder? And that's the loop that our welfare is in. It's, a, it's like a big, ridiculous loop that doesn't give the poorer people incentive to work very hard because you have to go up to a certain bracket before it pays to work, and we're talking twenty, thirty thousand dollars with families and stuff. <clears throat> um, most of the welfare and most of the poor, they make short-range decisions, you know, with sh- short-range benefits, and they don't think about long-range uh, side effects, um, long-range damage. For instance. Uh, well, let's just have sex now. Well, whoops, babies happened. Okay, uh, we can have babies. Oh, geez, it's really a challenge to raise babies. <laughs> I was reading, oh, God, this is so sad. I was reading, I won't, I won't say who it was, but a recent movie star who just had a baby made the news. What do you think about being a dad? Has your lifestyle changed? No, my lifestyle <clears throat> hasn't changed at all. Nope, we don't ask people that are at our house to be quiet. The baby's sleeping. It takes a little longer to get around, but you know what? We take them out. We took them out to a concert the other day. This is under a month old baby. Mm. We took him out to a concert the other day so that he could get used to sights and sounds. I haven't changed my lifestyle at all. I'm doing the same parties, the same everything he just comes with. Wow. I mean... The, <laughs> you know, that reminds me of this Canadian couple in Vancouver. They had their 20th child. Oh. And uh, they said, well, you know, we're just not getting in the way of God. God made this natural, and so we're not getting in the way. And, you know, 
<laughs> there's many cases with people just having child after child, and they grow up in poverty, and they don't really have a, a major direction going because they're just busy trying to make ends meet. I'll it's tell you, that's one selfish dad that's dragging uh, a three-week-old baby to a loud, obnoxious concert. You know what? The kid didn't want to come out either. He was ah. he was in labor sixty hours. Oh, he well, you can did, understand. Yeah, I don't want to go through I, this. Yeah, after I read that, I went, "Well, sure." <laughs> this Who kid can knew blame something. Him? That's right. You're listening to mastering. That's a selfish parent, is mm-hmm. what you got there. You're listening to mastering ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. If you'd like to call in, we're at one eight hundred three three six two 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 five. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Thank you very much for staying with us. You're listening to Mastering Ourself. If you'd like to call in, we're at 1-800-336-2225. What else you've got there? Well, when you read the Fifth Amendment, it seems like most of our welfare isn't quite right. Because it says, these are basic rights, private property shouldn't be taken for public use without compensation. And this is called involuntary compulsory charity. In other words, you're forced to give charity. And, uh, you know, a lot of people would, would like to choose where they gave charity. But, you know, this is involuntary, compulsory charity. I would say 90% of it. And I, I t- totally believe on helping the truly down and out. I totally believe in helping that. But, you know, we got a marshmallow cush system here, and it's just really ridiculous. You know, it's kind of interesting. People think that we are being compassionate when we help people that are in a down-and-out state. Uh, another side, another way to approach or view that is that <clears throat> what we're really doing is feeling sorry for them rather than empowering them. You know, people are in a down-and-out state because they have lessons that have put them in a down-and-out state. And their job as a soul, as a human, <clears throat> excuse me, as a human being is to um, overcome these obstacles. That's part of their lesson. That's the deal, for people to overcome challenges and adversity, and that builds character and that builds the pocketbook. Instead of uh, thinking that someone else should do that to you, that whole mindset is a completely loser mindset on a national level and on a personal level. And we should find a way to get out of uh, enabling that self-destruction. So for those of you who are interested in being compassionate, I highly applaud you. However, be compassionate with empathy, not sympathy. And and with wisdom. Yes. Constructive wisdom that's going to make it get better instead of, well, then where's my next handout? So that's what's going on. So in other, instead of having sympathy, oh, you poor thing, what a horrible place that you're in. I can't even imagine you getting through that. To empathy of, wow, bummer, nasty spot you're in. How do you think we could work together to help you get back on your feet again? Here's the thing. Sometimes people that go into sympathy, this is what happens. It is not slated in their lessons for them to go through whatever version of hell the other person is going through. And so they cannot personally imagine them getting through their own, the other person getting through their slice of hell. But the person that's in that slice of hell, they have been given 
what they need. They are fully equipped inside to get through that slice of hell if they will tap their inner reserves. So sympathy is for when you think you just, you can't imagine getting yourself through it, so you can't imagine they are. But what you always need to know is that God doesn't ever give you any challenges that you are not innately capable to get through. So if you can always remember that God equips everybody to get through what they need to, then you can find empathy and say, you know, I can't even imagine getting through what you're in the middle of. But you know what? Since you're there, I know God has given you inside of you what you need to get through it. And then you can be compassionate in a way that empowers them in their lessons and to learn and get through their struggles without keeping them down in sympathy. You don't serve them at all. It's a bad form of compassion. So one of the names of the game underlying all of this is that we upgrade. No matter what situation we're in, we upgrade. And the situations, by and large, come into our lives to force us to upgrade or to, uh, you know, this is the direction you need to deal with to have a happier life. And so we're looking to upgrade. And if somebody keeps giving a handout, and, you know, a lot of these people are watching TV all day, there's drugs, there's alcohol, there's sex, there's, you know, it's just loose instead of building and getting better and making a better home and having a better consciousness. So a lot, a lot of this is just uh, hurting the people who are working that hard, hurting the country, and actually hurting the people who are poor. So we think that wage should reflect one's productivity. And like not everyone should get the same wage. Like, you know, teachers union, uh, these people make tenure and they're slouches, but they, but they put in their time and so they're supposed to get paid well. How about paying teachers that really um, produce great performance with their students, how about paying them extra, paying everyone average, and uh, maybe cutting out the teachers that are just marking time and, and collecting a paycheck. So, you know, we can unionize and governmentize our, cell, our whole country, you know, more and more into simply outsourcing and outsourcing and outsourcing because we're making our business climate inhospitable inhospitable for um, companies. So, yeah, you hear a lot of, um, you want to say something? Sure. Uh, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, with sound answers to life's tough questions airing Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. If you'd like to call in, we're at 1-800-336-2225. And please check out our website, to, uh, MasteringOurselves.com, where you will find Steps to Enlightenment and the Wisdom Toning Series for sale, and they are great tools for spiritual growth. So you, you heard the gripe that women get paid less than men and that kind of thing. And maybe before uh, 1995 or 2000, Maybe that started to be more and more a problem going backwards. But these days, and as of uh, recently, the extensive research has been done, and basically the only reason why women are getting paid less is because pregnancy, child interruption, child rearing disruptions, 
and nothing else. If they have equal qualifications, they get paid the same virtually across the board, studied in spots all over the United States. That seems to hold up as true. Afro-Americans getting less wage on the average. What's that about? There's a lot more illiteracy. There's a lot more dysfunctional family where, you know, it's like uh, the woman has child after child and, and there's no man around. There's just looser sex. And I think that's a problem over in uh, Africa, too. It's just more animal in the system, looser sex. And then you have children without men taking care of it. And so there's hardships there. The children get a, a slower start. Um, they're not they're not trained. You know, you're trained, you're, you're uh, patterned by the people you're around. And if you have a prosperous father and a prosperous mother and good morals and, you know, good upstanding people, the children are, you know, really going to tend to go in that d- direction. So what it comes down to, it looks like, is there is equal opportunity for equal qualifications, equal skill, equal availability brings, and that brings equal pay. And so, you know, this is a lot of research that went on. If you want to challenge it, please get Stealing from Each Other, Dr. Edgar Browning's book, and study it because he uh, he plays the devil's advocate. He goes on both sides and represents all sides. You know, I was surprised at, it seems like he's leaning this way, and then he brings up all the stuff that you think if he was leaning that way, he wouldn't want to bring up. And he did this over and over and over on each subject. And so I, I applaud his work, and uh, we love his book. It's uh, Stealing from Each Other, Edgar Browning. One last thing I want to read out of his book. And this is what they say, uh, this is the final kind of formula they say that uh, describes who's going to be uh, in poverty and who's not. Those who graduate from high school, wait until marriage to have children, limit the size of their families, and work full-time will not be poor. Those are just basic uh, good ways to do your life. Statistics way, way high. All over the United States, this is what it comes down to. Those who graduate from high school, wait until marriage to have children, limit the size of their families, and work full-time will not be poor. <laughs> so there's that book. We're going to go into a few other directions. First of all, I wanted to make a comment on Russia. Russia is having a uh, epidemic of AIDS, and they're having a massive amount of sex slaves, uh, you know, sex trade sex slaves. Yep. And so they've got AIDS just going everywhere. It's just going out of control. The other thing that's happening with Russia I read this morning is... They've begun to send tanks in, and they have begun to attack Georgia, the the country of Georgia, and the president announced it yesterday. This is a freedom-loving nation, and the Russians are aiming at the hospitals and busy markets where they see a lot of people. Isn't that dirty? That is so dirty. It's just completely gross. Now, Russia is a monster. China is a monster. The Islamic uh, extremists are a monster. And basically, Islamists who don't renounce that they're here to take over the world, I think, are part of the monster. You know, if, if I can come across, I think there's two sides to Islam. 
there's the peace loving side and, there, and then there's the war take over the world side uh, full of righteousness and even though the fact that the take over the world righteous side is way smaller in population they're way more impassioned and so they're way more dangerous. It doesn't matter that their numbers are small compared to the overall well, population of Muslims. Listen to this. They're radical. They say it's something like 10 or 12 percent. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot. And that's a hundred and some million. Right. That are, are dead, you know, dead interested in killing you off if you don't follow their doctrine and follow their religion. Wow. You know, it really um, concerns me that a legitimate presidential candidate who's, you know, one step away from being in the uh, office has so many criminals and Muslims around him. Yep. This is just shocking. I mean, his name is our two ardent Indian enemies that we've been fighting for years. That's in his name. And he's surrounded by people, you know, that are are, uh, convicted of corruption People who were like the financier for Saddam Hussein who stole all that money from the people and the oil for food trade with the UN. Uh, just, he's surrounded with that. I, I don't get it. What is this? This is a strange event going on in the United States. And it is scary. So we have Barack Obama, Nancy Pelosi, and the Democrat leaders by and large have said that drilling won't help us but I'm thinking, tell Saudi Arabia that. Tell Iran that. Tell Venezuela, Mexico, Cuba, uh, Canada, everyone. Tell them that, you know, it's just, uh, it's not going to help anything. You know, isn't that ridiculous? That's what they're saying. Why does Nancy Pelosi, Barack Obama, Democrats, um, want Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, Mexico, etc. to have $700 billion, that's a lot of zeros, of our money each year. Why do they want that? Why do they empower it? Why do they vote that way? This is crazy. Countries like these, and we're giving them $700 billion, you know, it's like uh, funding the terrorists. You know, and look at Venezuela, you know, just confiscated by uh, Chavez. You know, maybe it's going to reverse, but, geez, what a mess there. And, you know, we're supporting it. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts helping humanity wake up one show at a time, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Thank you very much for joining us today. So um, let me go over to this thing. You know, I, I'm reading this. Um, I'm reading it in several places. And, um, you know, maybe it's true. Um Iraqi insurgents are suffering setback after setback for months after months. In July, they say there's somewhere between 5 and 11 U.S. troop fatalities, which is just like the lowest ever. The uh, insurgent leaders are fleeing to Pakistan and Iran. The major Shiite cleric now is going to disarm the masses uh, of his Mahdi army and uh, now they're getting disorganized, they're retreating, they're leaving, and this is because the surge. And don't you wonder why Barack Obama doesn't mention the surge at all? Because he's been against it. Media, 
you know, why isn't this just, why aren't we celebrating? Isn't this a wonderful thing? Al-Qaeda is routed to virtually nothing in the news. And it looks like the Iraqis are not going to tolerate the Iranian-style theocratic uh, fascism, fascism, you know, which is is a great thing. Uh, they have been sort of freed up under Saddam Hussein in a different way, so they got out from under the radical theocratic fascism, although they were under a uh, dictator, basically. Um, there's there's a great deal. Well, let, let me go to the next thing here. You remember back a ways, we're talking about the surge. The Democrats are just yelling, and we almost broke here, pull out of Iraq, Uh, it's unwinnable, Iraq must be split into three countries, all that kind of talk, remember that? I think you can be proud of what America is doing. George Bush is stubborn for a reason. Uh, He's doing the unthinkable. And he's doing wonders in a huge world crisis. I would say, nice job. He had such a resistance against him with the Islamic terrorists, the media, and the left wing. And it's still winning, and it it endured through. And I think this is a great thing. I think it prolonged world crisis, you know, so it's we have more space to maybe find solutions. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves. We're trying to give a world view from a spiritual perspective. <clears throat> this is Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life tough questions. And we're going to finish up after the break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us. What else have you got, Toots? Well, this is something that just uh, came into the news. Um, Mazen Ahabi. I said that wrong. Mazen Ahabahi. Okay. There it is. Mazen Ahabahi. This is Barack Obama's new and short-lived new campaign director. He served on the, he, he stepped down because he started looking too bad. But, you know, this is who Barack Obama was having in his inner folds with. And what does he look too bad about? Well, he served on the Dow Jones Islamic Index Fund, where another Muslim from the Illinois mosque was considered a co-conspirator in racketeering. Mm. And, uh, with, it just doesn't stop with this guy. And he was with the Hamas. <sighs> Uh, but this, uh, this, uh, trial, these charges ended in a mistrial. But you should know that this is around our presidential candidate. God, this is scary stuff. His father is, um, um, Muslim. Muslim. Yep. Um, Saddam Hussein and Barack Hussein Obama, <laughs> uh, finance ministers from Iraq. Uh, Tony Resco, who's been financing him and lives next to him, is Syrian and American. Uh, he has terrorists in his group, Hamas, Hamas racketeering in his group, his uh, minister uh, with Libya connections in his group. How can all the people that are just enthralled by him not see this? We have so many people with rose-colored glasses and it was interesting, I read something the other day that the guy said, you know, what's kind of interesting is how he talks about change, but if you look at his track record, 
he has no idea how to create change or That's how it. to spearhead change. Nicely so said. Yeah. it's it's totally uh, an illusion that he even suggests that he can do that. And we've got all these people following the illusion. I mean, they're like asleep. You know, it wouldn't matter to me if I voted for Barack Obama or whoever. I don't care who I vote for as far as who they are, except for they need to be qualified, they need to be of good character, they need to have a good track record. Integrity is useful. So I don't care what sex, I don't care what race, I don't care anything except for uh, their track record, their integrity, their morality, and their ability to get the job done. So that's what we're looking for. And any candidate that would have these many people from the, the people who were at war with the Islams, so many of them in bed with them and so many uh, con- convictions of racketeering and corruption, how could you even consider voting for somebody like that? I, you know, I'm just amazed that this has gone this far. This is just amazing. Any last notes here, dear? <laughs> well, I just want to say this thing. Um, the huge amount that is made out of the minuscuous, minuscule uh, per- Paris Hilton, Britney Spears, and Barack Obama. And then you have McCain getting, you know, half or a third of the coverage. Uh, and, and that's just not fair. Well, that's what's been happening for a long time in the media. And so, folks, dig for the truth. Don't listen to the media. Don't follow the fads of those who like to ta- talk fancy or the buzz around. Dig in and find the truth. Running the country, running our lives is a serious business. We have to go after what is underlying truth and get the things of this world and our nation and our lives solved and if we're just going to be kids and let things go by and just play around we're going to pay for it thank you very much for joining us today tomorrow we have mr pat boy that's going to be an interesting show so join us then now come on you can do it stretch into the greater you thank you very much and we'll see you tomorrow we love you guys